Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the uh, Driving Mall here. Um, we're going to be having a chat about how to grow grassroots rugby. Uh, and it is my absolute pleasure uh, to have Cameron Bell who is the CEO of Northland, joining me to discuss how they're going to be looking at doing that up there. How are you doing, sir? Kenna Paul, great, thank you. Beautiful day up here. Yeah, it has turned out to be a, a, a wonderful one. There's bad bad uh, forecast for this week, but it's all turned out okay in the end. Um, when we talk about grassroots, I mean, I'll, I'll, sorry, I'll, I guess, so, so my a bit of background for the viewers, uh, the, over the discussions this year, we've obviously heard about investment in to New Zealand rugby, be it through Silver Lake or some other um, method um, that I'm assuming discussions are still happening behind the scenes. It looks like some sort of investment will be coming in. Uh, and what that will mean is money going into uh, grassroots rugby. When we talk about grassroots rugby, what do we actually mean by that? Is it just club rugby or is there more to it than that? Grassroots is the soul and heart of New Zealand rugby. So when we look at the high performance, um, you know, they all come from a base starting point somewhere. So I think, you know, grassroots to our way of thinking is um, is, is is the humble origins of our game, Paul, right through from, uh, you know, Ripper playing barefoot in the in the frosted grass. Uh, but it's, it's not just the players, it's the administrators and coaches that our game is so dependent on. So you look, it is, it is the clubs um, and it's, it's, in my opinion, it's the most important part of New Zealand rugby right at the moment. Always has been, always will be. I guess I was thinking, does it also include school rugby, or do we, or is it just? Oh, uh... Absolutely. You know, when we when we talk about clubs, you know, predominantly in Northland, our know, rugby is 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 just about all through clubs. Um, so we're different to some of the other provincial unions, but of course there is a you know there's a first fifteen competition that's in play at the moment. Um, we do suffer from. Auckland and other schools robbing our talent to substantiate their first 15s. And that has a huge impact on the grassroots game here. But yeah, look, schools and clubs go very much hand in hand. It's, there's no differentiation from our perspective. So what do we think about then is it, 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 what is broken with, with grassroots? I mean, why does it need more funding 
uh, at the moment? You know, society's changed a lot, even in the last 10 years. And whatever the rule of thumb is, you know, it's going to change an awful lot in the next five. So we need to anticipate what some of those changes are. Um, you know, there's more demands um, on youth today. So probably, you know, we're getting into the, um, the teenage section when I'm talking now. But, you know, there's instant gratification, you know, the devices that were no longer in our hands. Um, you know, I even noticed that uh, when some of the All Blacks were announced this year, there were one or two of them were actually gaming so they were sitting in their home gaming you know they're athletes but they're you know there's so much more available out there and there's a lot of other sports that are available um and you know i think we can either choose to rally against those changes in society or more importantly i think we need to recognize them and adapt our game and our approach to to build interest around what's already out there as well you know, because we look fundamentally, we it, it's a fantastic game, and the number of females that are picking up the sport, you know, not just in Northland all around, a testament to that. But there's challenges, and if we don't address those and we don't acknowledge them, um, you know, the numbers will go backwards. But I'm I, I look at I think there's a great opportunity for us to grow the game, and I guess that, that's the the one that's that, that gets picked up in the. Uh, in the media gets talked about is numbers, is participation numbers. And that, that, that is where we're kind of thinking, if, if you ask what's wrong with, it's because yeah, we've got less numbers. And that's, and, and that's, the, that's the, I guess, the, the, the KPI or the metric um, that I think people are using when they talk about why grassroots is, 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 has, has a problem or it has issues. Um, and I guess, folks, uh, we did, I had a, myself and Stephen Harris had an interview with uh, Cam when we were up in Northland the other weekend, if you head over to the uh, Northland Facebook page, you'll be able to watch that interview where we talk about how, where we basically review how the season has gone so far for Northland. We talk about club numbers uh, and, uh, and and how what's going on on at the union. So, if you want to have a check about check out that, go check out the Northland um, Facebook page. Um, okay, so how would you um, spend, or, or where where does money need to be spent then? Uh, to 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 grow the grassroots game, and is it I guess a a one-off spend or is it a an ongoing increase that's needed? You know, I, I think I've said it previously, Paul. You know, m money's not going to be the one thing that fixes. It. It's not like a silver bullet, but there's an element of um, funding that's necessary in our game. So I'll, I'll talk about the one-off component. Um, and whether it be funds coming into the game from Silver Lake or an alternative source, I won't go into the you know I won't argue the toss on that. But let's 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 look at the numbers that um, have been positioned with us around Silver Lake. So again, I'll say you know Northland's not dependent on money coming in from Silver Lake. But when we look about when we talk about legacy investment in the grassroots game. Um, that's where it can make a fundamental difference. And we've got very, very clear ideas that if they push go on Silver Lake tomorrow and the provincial union gets a dollop of money, there's also an amount of money that will go to clubs. Now, we've socialised this a lot with clubs, not, not all clubs, but there's been a really positive sentiment around how we might be able to use that money. So rather than the thinking of Northland is that rather than provide clubs with a one-off payment of let's say a thousand dollars that could be either spent on half a set of jerseys or 
bit of a function or sadly there might be one or two clubs that might go out and buy a player now that's something we discourage um but that could be a reality bit but what we need to do is we need to look around the clubs and look at um what clubs are going to be here in five or ten years time so clubs need investment um whether it be re-roofing them whether it be putting women's changing facilities in now our new facility here in poey island we are blessed with you know unisex legacy standard changing rooms well most of the changing rooms that are built that are out in clubs at the moment were built by you know club members that were builders they're all blokes and they're built for blokes so there's a there's a you know look considerations got to be given to the some of the subtle changes that are needed in, in the change rooms some might need califonts um some might be and we've we've done a fair bit of engagement with our clubs and ideas one of the fantastic ideas that um Tarawa in particular uh, came up with was, you know, if we simply put a child's playpen area in a club, you're going to make it more accessible for the men and ladies to drop off the kids so they can play their games. Simple things like that. How do we make the clubs more attractive to encourage uh, rangatahi and our mukapuna to come in and play the game? So some of these clubs, you know, some clubs may not be with us in two years they could be on their last legs um but we've got an opportunity to take that money and um north northland's northland's approach would be that if we got x number of dollars we got a thousand dollars a club from silver lake northland would match it dollar for dollar so suddenly that pool of money has doubled in size we've already had a talk to some of the funders here in northland and said look we've got this seed pool of two thousand dollars um would you match it dollar for dollar if we're looking at these sorts of investments in the long-term viability of our clubs, they're saying, fantastic, what a great idea. So suddenly that $1,000 has turned to 4,000 without even approaching any other, you know, um, trusts that are out there. And there's a, there's a lot of uh, positive attitude from funders and community to support clubs um, because without them, our society's in trouble, man. No, you take away, if a rugby club falls over in a small location, um, those children will miss activity that teaches them how to win, how to lose, how to respect one another, how to commit, all, all, those, all those life skills that if they didn't have, you can imagine kids with idle time on their hands. It's, it's, it's a disaster waiting. So... So let's let's focus on how we can create the the um, clubs. And I know um, there's some initial discussions in New Zealand rugby. I was really heartened to uh, hear this with my my Spark background. The Spark Foundation are looking at running some trials with uh, clubs to provide some connectivity so that we can use them as hubs for kids to come along and do their their after school homework or their lessons or their learnings. And so rather than a rugby club being an isolated rugby facility it's a facility for a community hub so you know a lot of change has got to come through but if we got funding from a one-off perspective man we could drive some real benefits some long-term sustainable benefit into clubs and if you know without it you know maybe the numbers will continue to drop off but it's it's not the silver bullet alone there's attitudinally we've got to make some changes in the way we approach the way we present the game for kids but, uh, but, but the sound things a lot of that is around um, infrastructure 
that that, that needs to be up, updated uh, and improved uh, across the club game, and that that we're, we're sort of trying to catch up on a lack of investment over the last however many years. Yeah, and I, I guess there's a lack of it, Paul, because the like provincial unions, the clubs run on the smell of an oily rag. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, you won't find any fat cats out there. There's some very very successful models out there but clubs they just put everything into you know um the grass they put everything into the grassroots so i think we've got to look exactly the same way cool um the uh but but it is looking like a one-off piece it's not a it's not an ongoing piece it's not a matter of having more development officers or 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 extra coaching sessions or more referee sessions or anything like that on that point of view so, so New Zealand Rugby, there's a legacy fund component, yeah. and that's exactly what they want to do with that component. So, again, without getting into the detail of Silver Lake, um, there is a legacy component in there. I think it's $200 million from memory, which would be invested, and the proceeds of that would be invested into like uh, club requirements. You know, And, and look, if uh, Northland's... If Silver Lake or something similar came through and uh, ongoing funding was uh, delivered to us in a sustainable way, because one-offs aren't much use to anyone unless you invest it or you turn it into something that uh, creates value and perpetuity. So if there was you know, ongoing funding, absolutely, like our priority would be like an 80, probably 90-10 investment rate. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST ratio of community as opposed to high performance you know with with poe island and here's a plug for northern rugby you know we've got one of the best high performance facilities in the country uh so we don't you know we don't need to go tipping more money in that's in that space you know i've said uh you know peter skimman gave a great presentation at New Zealand rugby meeting a while ago you know he talks about the the bottom of the triangle the bottom piece is community that's where we need to focus on because the cream will rise to the top. So focusing on community, high performance will look after itself. The cream will come to the top. Um, So a one-off fund, yep, we can look at infrastructure investment to uh, make the game sustainable right across Northland because it's really important we get into those remote areas, you know, the far, far north and the Hokianga, Dargaville. It's not just about the main centres. We've got to get into those, those remote areas. But... You know, if the ongoing funding that comes through from Silver Lake um, is sustainable, 
then absolutely we will invest in more community roles. We will invest in more referee education. We will invest more in simply saying thank you and making sure that clubs are supporting. You know, running um, so rugby for life is a is is um, our charitable partner um, and delivering sustainable outcome improvement for our communities. Rugby for Life is looking to invest in roles that will deliver administration requirements for clubs. And I hate to use the term, but so, it, you know, the, those that are probably at the bottom of the pyramid financially, those that need the most hand in terms of running um, workshops around how to, how to make funding applications, how to make sure they're financially secure, just really assisting. So, so regardless of Silver Lake money coming through to us, we're already looking at that and you know rugby for life is driving such positive interaction with the community already so stand by just keep an eye out for some really positive announcements from rugby for life because you know that investment in the in the grassroots and look it's not just about growing the numbers it's making sure that we're sustainable and rugby is being used as a vehicle to deliver you know you know it's not okay. You'll see it on the Northern Rugby jerseys. We've got drive safe campaigns on our uniforms this year. You know, really, really focused on changing the demographic statistics that are so often reported as negatives of Northland. So, and that, and that applies all throughout the country. Rug, rug, rugby unions are doing more than just delivering rugby. They're delivering really positive messages into our communities. Yeah, and also the, and to me, that piece around administration is, is a big piece because to me, I think one of the things that, that uh, as you say, it has to be sustainable. Uh, and so if we can get rugby clubs to be more self-funded uh, and actually be able to, so, they, so that they can actually run themselves and be more more solvent, then be better. So I, I, I believe a kind of business manager role that went out to each of the, each of the uh, clubs and helped them uh, as a business would be would 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 be a great role where because uh, you have these uh, these facilities that are used perhaps for four or five months of the year and even during that time they're only used for two or three days of the week um, from a bar point of view which is where most of their money comes from so how can we turn those into those facilities facilities to be used seven days a week um, it, twelve months it, a year and, and that kind of real, community's got a real willingness to work in with us around that you know and it's you know it's not and and. Most of the stuff isn't being driven by us. We, we'll simply support it or we'll help collaborate ideas. There's some, look, there's some amazing people in our community doing amazing things, you know, beyond rugby. So we've just got to get in and support them, let them know that we're here um, and where they need financial guidance and support, you know, so the Rugby for Life administration roles. We've got organisations like Natahine Health that are really getting in behind this. And, and look, it's... It's not just about the players, I said before, it's the administrators, it's the coaches, and it's the referees. You know, if we if we have a conversation about rugby in isolation, you know, grassroots rugby in isolation of grassroots referees, we're missing the point because we are so dependent on those. And the, you know, we talked about, um, I think there was a video, um, Kusha from Ngāriparo East Coast talked about, you know, the person that's marking the field is probably you know the club treasurer, uh, and is probably the administrator using the sporty app, who might make a mistake on submitting a, a team sheet name, and 
they get punished by having points taken off them when they make a mistake. So we've really got to just lighten up on some of these guys. Um, you know, Super Rugby isn't the All Blacks. NPC isn't Super Rugby, and Club Rugby certainly isn't All Blacks. So we've just got to understand where we play and what role it is that we have, and and just get back to basics. Um, because I tell you what, the the answer, the I'm absolutely convinced that the answer to the future of our game is held within our community. Right? There's some very very clever people that got great ideas. We just need to support them. We just need to say thank you. And if we can help them financially for their long-term viability, you know, we've, we've got a winner. But, you know, it's again, I think we've probably focused a lot of this conversation just around the financial aspects. But, you know, our game needs to change. You know, it's um, we've we've initiated um, Sport Northland. They're a really good partner up here. And um, although I was a little reluctant to balance this better initially, I think that's, that's an absolutely valid conversation. You know, these kids have got to have variety. Um, we, you know, the voice of the participant is, um, you know, something we've we've attempted this year, but we haven't been able to. We probably bit off a bit more than we could chew in terms of trying to understand what it is that an athlete today wants. So, if you're a 16 year old boy or girl, what does the game need to look like? Do you want a 20 week season or do you want an eight week season? Do you want to play Easter weekend, Queen's birthday weekend, or do you want to be going away and have whānau time? Or, you know, we live in the best place in the world, so why don't we create some time where you can go fishing, you can go diving, you can go hunting, you can go surfing. You know, maybe the season's eight weeks long. Maybe maybe there's more under-10s tournaments. What's exciting? What do these kids really want? Do you want to play Saturdays, or would you rather play Thursday, Friday night? So when we talk about investment in assets, maybe there's more investment needed in lighting good quality lighting so the men or women or teenagers can play Monday night, Friday night. So they've got their weekends. People work on Saturdays. So how do we change our game to make it more attractive for these people? And then, you know, there's other there's other initiatives, you know, I fully understand like at the moment we're, uh, we're down big Tom Robinson and that has a massive impact on us, but his long-term welfare is more important than anything any game any title anything like that so maybe you know the rules that um you know they keep i, I was listening this morning and they keep talking about the collision area the collision area or wherever there's a collision there's an injury so maybe some of our games have got to be a bit more proactive around the the rules that govern our game you know the i like the idea of maybe under 14s and below we have a tackle line on the jersey and any tackle above that point is 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 just not you know it's penalised. It's just not tolerated in our game. We've just got to get smart that um, all of these athletes are precious human beings and their health is paramount. Well, I'm after putting in touch with Bella from the uh, Safe Tackle Framework um, guy as well, uh, who's working with counties. Um, but uh, I mean, w w one of the reasons for talking about uh, about finances is if the clubs can be run in a similar way as say something like an RSA. Um, where they have a bar and a restaurant that can fund the club and they can hire a coach or two or um, that, that can go into schools that can work with that, that, that can work with kids and run programs then you, you there's more you can do if you get the finances right um, for it and places that don't have places like an RSA are, are clearly enough in, in, there's an opportunity there to fill a gap 
uh, and to use that to raise funds uh, or to, to run a run it as a, as a bit more of a business. But that's just my my opinion on these sort of things. Yeah, look, I, I think Paul, I think that's a that's a great utopian position to aim for. Um, but when we again, when we go back to the bottom of that pyramid, there's probably ten clubs in Northland that fit along that continuum that would potentially drive a financial bar social um, model that could help make it sustainable. Um, but the majority of our clubs are in remote locations. Um, they'll they'll be they'll be frequented probably Thursday night and on the weekend. So we can't quite get to that. But how do we how do we grow the viability and sustainability of those clubs by maybe engaging with Tawananga uh, Aotearoa or North Tech or you know deliver learning, use them as classrooms because they're big buildings. Um, there's got to be other ways to skin it. And um, Josh and Jack Goodhue came from a pretty small town, you know, Kawakawa. You know, we're looking for the next Porsche Woodman. We're looking for the next Norm Berryman. And they will come from a small area. Um, and it's also, look, it's also, you know, there's a challenge in society at the moment. You know, the drink drive, which we absolutely support. Um, and yet we're saying, you know, you know, rugby clubs have bars. Well, there's a real changing attitude in terms of the clubs, you know, to make sure that they're safe Fano environments. You know, I, I was very fortunate to go and watch uh, a Western Sharks game at Kaihu, who's their feeder club. And, man, you know, that place was chock-a-block 10 o'clock, and they told me it would have been chock-a-block till about 12 o'clock because it's such a community focus and the responsibility of um, appropriate consumption of alcohol along with food was 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 to be marvelled. So, you know, the, the old days of the booze barns are long gone, you know. Um, there'll, always be, there'll always be exceptions to it, but the focus is around creating safe whānau environments. In fact, one of the meetings we had at Kaio, they talked about, um, tragically, they had photos of some young boys on the wall who had lost their lives through uh, driving incidents and they're absolutely committed to see no repeat of that so you know we've got some you know some legacy issues that are kind of caught up with us and rightfully so drinking responsibly but yet the bar is still you know part of the financial viability and it can be when it's used responsibly absolutely uh thank you very much time for your time um cam uh, talking about uh, about sort of the grassroots up in northland uh, folks i've got some um, aaron who's the CEO of uh, Counties Manukau, lined up for next week uh, to talk about the same sort of thing from their point of view. Um, so looking forward to that chat um, as well, and I'll see which other CEOs I can get on to talk about this. Uh, I think it's a very important topic for rugby in New Zealand. So thank you very much, and uh, good luck with the NPC season. I'll see you in a, a couple of weeks' time. Kia ora, Paul. Look forward to having you up here. Cheers. Thanks for that. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and 
potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.